We stash it and trash it, and David gives his biggest storyline from Sunday's 41 to 31 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, reunited with my co-host, Mr. David Harrison. Of course, you can check out everything David's doing over at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. Check out my work at SBNation'sBucksNation.com. And of course, follow everything on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at D Harrison82. Again, thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. For those of you that didn't see my live show following the game Sunday night, real quick, I'm going to recap my top story, which was that the defense was complete and total garbage. Uh, they didn't force their first punt of the night until there was less than a minute left in the game. I believe the, uh, I don't, I, I don't have the numbers directly in front of me, but the, the chiefs ended up converting like 12 of 17 third downs or, or something ridiculous. And they had 26 first downs through the air. They had another 17 first downs on, uh, on rushes. It was just an absolute, amazing display of sheer incompetence by the Buccaneers defense. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, it was quite possibly the worst defensive performance we've, we've seen in the Todd Bowles era. I even went so far as to say they were paying tribute to Lovey Smith and Mike Smith. I mean, that's <laughs> how bad it was. Shout out to Lovey Smith and his 0 and 4. Well, not 0 and 4, but 0 3, 0, 3 and 1. Sir. Four and, straight fourth quarter collapses, and especially leaves, on defense. He leaves Illinois, and what happens? They're yeah. like four and one. It's amazing. I honestly don't even know what happened in week in, in this week. Actually, yeah, is Houston 0 3? I don't know. Whatever. This isn't they are 0 3 and 1. Yes, you are correct. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that is the top story. Like, period. That's the top story. <laughs> Uh, absolutely just, just hideous. The good news is it only counts for one loss. Like that's, that's right. You know what I mean? And there's no AP poll to worry about. So my top story. So I have to give a top story as well. That's part of the job. You know what I mean? That's what I get paid to do. So I'm going to give my top story. And I have to say, James, that I looked at the post game press conference transcripts after I picked my top story. And I was very happy because Tom Brady and I agree on something. And that is that, the offense completely failed to help support the defense, right? Look, it's a team sport and, and everybody's going to say this loss is on the defense, you know, hundred percent. And I will agree uh, with that sentiment. However, when you have a team sport, you gotta, you gotta look at the holistic approach of the team. Right. And I, and I keep coming back to this basketball reference and, you know, I wasn't very much better at basketball than I was at football, but I remember I had a coach who kind of had this strategy, right? Where it's like, if the opponent scored two points, then we wanted to go back and get a high percentage shot, try to get and match that two points, right? If the opponent, if we were able to get a stop, and then we wanted on a on a first stop, we wanted to get another high percentage shot. So take advantage. We stopped, we kept them from scoring. 
Now we want to get points on the board to start building an advantage, right? Back-to-back stops, now we wanted to play for the three. That's where we wanted to kind of start going for the jugular. Now, there were some alterations to that, right? So when we're going for a high high percentage shot, if the three is open, take it. Uh, and I'm talking about an open three, not like I thought I can make it like an open three. Same thing, if you're going, if you're working for the three, they start adjusting, take the open two, right? Now, in basketball, it's a little bit different because the defense and offense are the same players. So you're mm-hmm. picking yourself up. In football, you got to bring the energy for your buddy when they don't have it. And the Bucks defense just didn't have it Sunday night. We all know that. We all saw that. So the offense, you need to, it's not your fault that the defense is not bringing their energy. You got to bring energy for them now. Like that's compl- that's what complimentary football is. Picking up, it's not just when things are going right. Everybody can play complimentary football when everything's going well. That's easy. The hard part is picking up the other side of the ball. And Tom Brady said it as much as, as I am right now. So if you disagree with me, you disagree with Tom. And Tom's a goat, so you can't disagree with Tom. But listen, there were there were five times that the Buccaneers defense got the Chiefs offense off the field without a touchdown being scored. The first one, Kansas City's fourth drive, turnover on downs. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense gave the ball right back on a fumble. That's mm-hmm. an opportunity to get points back. Not just and you don't even need a touchdown. That's the that's the two. That's where the basketball analogy. That's the two pointer, right? The Chiefs got no points. Go get a layup. Give me a field goal. Give me something, right? Kansas City seventh drive. The Bucks got the Chiefs offense off without a touchdown. They did. They did get a field goal, right? But okay, let's come back. Let's at least match the field goal. Maybe get a touchdown. Five plays, ten net yards, and a punt. Kansas City's ninth drive. Another field goal. Bucks offense. Five plays, seven net yards, and a punt. Kansas City's 10th drive, the very next drive, INT. Bucks come back with a touchdown. All right, there's one. There's there's one, right? We're, we're caught up a little bit. And that's where you kind of, and I don't know about you guys, but when I was watching, I'm like, okay, here's where, here's where maybe they can start getting back a little bit. Very next drive, 11th drive, Kansas City punts. It's the end of the game. I mean, look, it's the end of the game. What do you want to do, right? But that's that's kind of, those are the opportunities. Listen. It's very few opportunities. I got yes. it. Okay. Again, the top story is the defense. I get it. But as an offense, when you see your defense is just not here tonight, you have to, tra- it puts a little bit more pressure on you in those few opportunities to go out there and do something. And look, even if you don't put points on the board, you got to give your defense time to rest. We all know this is, it's, it's, it's known worldwide. If your defense is on the field too much, there's nothing that you can really do. Tampa Bay had eight offensive possessions, James not even eat three minutes of game clock. Kansas City, the team that was winning, the team that was leading, seven offensive drives of three minutes or more. You can't do it. The, the Kansas City Chiefs held the ball for over a quarter more than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like about an entire quarter of this game was just Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense running around. The Bucks defense didn't show up, but they really never had an opportunity to get up off the ground because of the the Buccaneers' offensive inability to to kind of come in and back them up a little bit. Yeah, I I was encouraged by the offense's uptick, but it's far from perfect. I mean, yeah. they put up a you know the most points they put up this season. They finally got in the end zone in the first half, and you know there was there were some positive things to take away. Yes, but you're 100 percent right because. Kansas City was landing haymakers, and 
the Bucs couldn't go blow for blow with the Kansas City Chiefs, and the offense had to. So in that aspect, yeah, I absolutely agree with you that that the offense, you know, failed to, yeah, as, as you put it, they failed to pick the defense up, and it's been the defense that carried them the first three weeks and kept the offense in the game with their you know, obscene failures. So, you know, through four games, we have three offensive failures and uh, a defensive failure that are are really the story of the game. But again, I'm I'm not going to panic. There's plenty of time to get all of this squared away. And, and obviously I realize the inverse is true, but if the offense plays the way that it did against the Chiefs, and the defense plays the way that it did against the Packers, the Saints, or the Cowboys, there's not too many teams in the NFL that are going to beat the Buccaneers. And again, if the defense plays the way they did against Kansas City and the offense plays the way they did in the first three games, there's not a whole lot of teams the Buccaneers are going to beat. Right. But I'm not not too concerned about that. But we did get some calls, some not very happy calls, I'm sure. But we do have – we appreciate all of the Bucs fans who tune into this show and listen to this show, so we want your voice to be heard as well. So before we get to our first break here on this episode, let's hear from one of those callers. Hello, guys. How you doing? This is Earl calling from North Tampa. All I have to say is that the defense really didn't show up. It really went down here when you got a rookie catching a kickoff return and fumble, even though – Brady is probably his best game of the season. I know they'll be two and two, so I know it's a long season, but this was a real indictment on the defense, no adjustment. Devin White running out of position again. And I want to call out one guy. He always talked trash to be high, but that's that Nacho Roches, um, number 56. He is hot garbage. Plus, need to give a Dominica shoe on, on speed dial, but we'll see what they do next week against the Falcons. As usual, go Bucks. What a disappointing way to um, put this game on. But anything, prayers for the people down in South Florida. I'm out. All right, we appreciate the call. We're going to come back with what we want to stash from this weekend and what we want to trash from this weekend. A lot to choose from in the trash pile. Uh, but we're going to do that thanks to our next partner who has a product that literally stays stocked in my house all the time. And I'm talking about AG1, which I started using because I hated taking all the pills to get all the vitamins and nutrients and all the stuff that we need. So what is this stuff? With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day, right? The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery focus, and combats the signs of aging. All the things that you want your vitamins and minerals to do. When I take AG1, I mix it with a little bit of water, a little bit of pineapple juice. That's the way that I like it. And I love the drink form because I can drink it at home if I want to, or if I need to do it on the way to work or wherever I might be going, I can take it with me. And it costs less than $3 a day. So if you got a cold brew habit, this is cheaper and better for you right now. It's time for you to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, just one scoop in a glass of water or juice mixture or whatever you want. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easier for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, the website athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks once again for making the Lockdown Bucks podcast first listener, your first view every single day. Make sure you're also checking out NFL key predictions 
every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts, Bet Online. Follow NFL key predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. James, you said something at the end of the first segment that got me thinking, kind of laughing internally, to be quite honest with you, because while I've been covering the commanders on my other beat, we've talked week in and week out about how the defense likes to show up, especially the last two weeks. The commanders' defense will show up for most of the game, and then when the offense finally decides to put together a touchdown drive, that's when the commanders' defense falls apart and basically makes it worth nothing. The Buccaneers essentially did the same thing, except instead of doing this by quarters, they did it by the first quarter of the season, like you mentioned. <laughs> Three games, the defense showed up. When the offense finally shows up, the defense is like, ah, sorry, guys, I ain't got nothing for you. So I just thought that was an interesting contrast. The Bucks fans, Bucks fans, you're dealing with it in a one-game nutshell. The Commanders fans are dealing with it on a daily, weekly situation. But you know what, Bucks fans, especially those of you who are pre-Brady, you've been there, so you feel that pain. Um, James, this next segment, we're going to stash it and trash it. Last week, we called it something different. This week, we're getting a little bit cuter with it. I will get us started with my stash from this weekend, which is involving running backs not named Lenny. And yes, I'm talking about Rashad White. The rookie who fumbled the opening kickoff. <laughs> but shout we're out not, to the coaching we're not staff. Stashing that portion of his. We're not game. stashing that. Okay. <laughs> but shout out to the coaching staff. They didn't bench him. They came back. First of all, I was actually wondering, was like, is he going to be out there to, get, to catch the next kickoff? Happy to see that he was. That's how you build confidence in a young guy. That's how you allow a guy to bounce back. And I mean, he didn't get like a touchdown or anything, right? But he didn't fumble the ball, so I, so we'll call that a bounce back. Um, look, the stat box isn't going to be amazing. Three carries, six yards, and a touchdown run. Five catches on five targets for 50 yards. That, I think, is sexy. Five catches on five targets for a rookie running back getting his his first real, I guess, NFL action. Like, I know he's been in there, but, like, they haven't really used him too much. Not a lot of usage, but not a lot of usage from the running back group just in general. But I like seeing that Byron made good on his promise to basically get Lenny some help out there on the field. I want to see more of it. Hopefully in a game where they don't just completely abandon the run because they're getting blown out. Yeah, they had that issue. Uh, was it was it last year or was it two years ago against the New Orleans Saints when they only ran the ball five yeah. times? Basically, the anytime the Buccaneers defense getting blown out of the roof or out of the room, Byron just says, we're throwing it 75 times, Tom. Yeah. One pass you, for every year you've been playing football. You and your injured shoulder are going to have to chuck the ball more <sighs> than you did in like – two-thirds of the games played so far this season um yeah i i talked about it on the on the live immediate reaction episode that i did that not only did i love the way that rashad white played and, and his involvement especially in the passing game showing that he can be a a contributor to that aspect of the buccaneers offense but i love the mental fortitude that he had to bounce back and you know, be able to play after such an egregious error in the opening kickoff. And I'm sure Ronald Jones was over on the Chiefs sidelines in in his hat and his T-shirt and his jeans and was like, I fumbled and I didn't see the football field for like four weeks, bro. What What is this? Um, but yeah, I, I loved the uh, definitely stash the Rashad White stuff. My stash always throw to Mike Evans all the time. And I don't know if Mike was making up for lost time, but look, through th through four games, three games that Mike Evans has played this season, 
He's been targeted 21 times. He's got 16 receptions for 235 yards and three touchdowns. He's getting 14.7 yards per reception. 14 of his 16 receptions have resulted in a first down. Tom Brady's passer rating when targeting Mike Evans right now is 131.9. In 2021, it was 122.6. In 2020, it was 126.0. Good things happen when future Hall of Fame wide receivers have the ball thrown towards them. Keep doing more of that all of the time. Not some of the times, all of the times Mike Evans should be getting the football because he is an absolute Weapon. I also I, I love that Brady tried to get him a hat trick. It just didn't work out. But yeah. the the Bucks offense overall is just more efficient when Mike Evans is getting targets, and it's taking too long into these games for him to start getting those targets. It yeah. needs to be earlier and more often. Absolutely. Always love a good Mike Evans show. Uh, my toss it is the uniforms that the Washington Commanders wore on Sunday. You know what? They actually don't look that bad in person, except for the weird W on the front. But, you know, winning would make them look better. They, I equate them to the uh, generic store brand of the Steelers. That's that's all I can think about when I saw them. They were terrible. But my actual toss it is this run defense. And I'm going to continue to harp on this until they figure it out. I mentioned on the live show that, obviously, the Bucks miss in Dominican Sue. I, yes. I think that's a legitimate thing. Akeem Hicks and Logan Hall have not stepped up to the point that they are a viable threat. So teams are able to key in on Vita Vea, taking him out of the game plan completely and forcing someone else to, to beat them, whether it's Hall or Hicks when he was in, or it's Nacho, whoever it is, if they're not getting the job done. They've given up 106.8 rush yards per game, including that 189 to the Chiefs on Sunday. In 2021, they were the third best run defense in yards allowed, and they allowed 4.3 yards per attempt. They were the best in yards allowed by a wide margin in 2020, and they allowed 3.6 yards per attempt. They are currently allowing the same yards per attempt now that they did last year, that 4.3, but they've allowed the 12th most rushing yards in the NFL. Teams are running on them more often because they know they can't. And the offense hasn't stepped up early enough in the game to get those leads to force teams to abandon the run. So it is a serious, serious problem. And they've allowed a run play to result in a first down in one out of every five carries. It has to stop. Yeah. Um, this defense did so poorly that a guy who hasn't played in two weeks is out here catching strays. But, I mean, the truth is the truth. So... Don't know what to tell you. Uh, my trash, it is not containing mobile quarterbacks, which uh, the Atlanta Falcons are coming up and I'm not trying to say that Marcus Mariota is a dangerous quarterback as Patrick Mahomes, but any mobile quarterback that you don't contain can hurt you. Uh, look, Patrick Mahomes, four carries for 34 yards. You're probably looking at me going, what are you talking about? He didn't even run for all that much. Here are your four runs. A nine-yard run to the Tampa Bay three from the 12-yard line. Listen, red zone defense. It's harder to throw inside the red zone. Keep the quarterback behind the line of scrimmage. Make him throw the ball in traffic. Maybe something good can happen. Instead, they get the ball down to the Tampa Bay three, end up running end up running the ball into the end zone. Uh, his next run, a seven-yard scramble on third and two. Obviously, a first down. 
His next, a seven-yard scramble again on third and seven. And then finally, his fourth carry, an 11-yard scramble on second and 15. So again, we know the defense was bad, but also particularly bad in containing Patrick Mahomes on Sunday night. Something that they did very, very well uh, in the Super Bowl. I get it. Offensive line problems, toe injuries, all that stuff. But you know what, James? We're done with the negativity. But the Bucs fans, they're, they're not done with the negativity because we have more voicemail. So we're going to hear one, and then we're going to turn the page into the future. Hey, David and James. First off, hope you guys are doing well, staying safe. This is Benny from L.A. I don't know what the heck happened. You know, our offense showed up, but our defense didn't. And the running game for the Chiefs came out of nowhere. There was no recovery. There was no adjustments. I really also want to focus on two things, if you don't mind, James and Dave. Byron Leftwich this season, his play calling. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, with all the weapons that came back today, we just a lot of the, his decision-making was kind of suspect, to be honest. And the other thing is, do you feel like the, we're not being responsible in bringing in a veteran offense alignment to help support? Because obviously that is our deficiency here. So Luke Gedeke is not getting it done time and time again with his uh, penalties and, and also just allowing uh, the pass rush to get to Brady. So I'm just really, really disappointed with the defense. And thanks again. I hope you guys are doing well, staying safe. And you guys are always amazing and listen to you guys all the time. And I'm just really, really appreciative of all the work that you do and the dedication. So talk to you soon. All right, Benny, thank you for the call. We appreciate you listening. Uh, I think even more than you appreciate what we do. Uh, truly, it, it means a lot to us. We are going to turn the page, look into James Magic Crystal Ball, where he gets everything right that he predicts in just a moment. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for football betting this season. The Buccaneers are currently early eight and a half point favorites to get their first home win of the season against the Atlanta Falcons. But you can find all of the latest player developments like Cordero Patterson going on the IR, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Things up here on a Monday edition, Tuesday edition of the Locked On Box podcast. Uh, uh, my apologies. David is going to do his first quarter review on tomorrow's episode because I'm not going to be there. Uh, my son is having surgery on Wednesday, so we have some plans for him Tuesday night ahead of the surgery. So David is kind enough to cover for me, which also means that Evan Klosky will not be on the show. We will reconvene with him coming up next week. But David, before we take a look into my perfect prediction crystal ball, we have one more voicemail to get to. What's up, Bucks fans? Uh, it was a tough loss today, and I think there's some good room where we should be thankful because, guys, we had a hell of a game. We came back, and we made it within you know 10 points. And, of course, there's just not enough time left in the – in regulation for us to overcome that deficit. 
we started off horrible, but I, I think White redeemed himself later on in the game. Brady looked vintage Brady, three touchdowns in one game versus three touchdowns in three games. Let's cut off all the naysayers on Brady because he just looked vintage Brady. I love that Mike Evans has came back. Uh, there's so much. And Chris Godwin, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy he's back. I hope Cameron Bray turns out okay. We saw that, that hit he hit on Godwin. But, guys, uh, I don't think we should feel bad. I think it was a good game. Uh, there's obviously room for improve, improvement. Uh, this is a good game because this shows that we have the skills, the players, when everybody's healthy, we can make it a damn good game. So, hey, guys, fire the cannons. Keep your heads up. On to the next one. All right, guys. First of all, love the attitude in that voicemail. Again, mm-hmm. it's, it's one loss. And, I mean, look, could the Buccaneers' defense continue to lay eggs? Yes, they could. Could the Buccaneers' offense go back to not putting up many points? Yes, they could. It ain't going to happen. It'll be all right. You're looking at the tournament. All right, and look. In the playoffs or in the Super Bowl, if these two teams see each other again in February and all the Chiefs fans and the Chiefs themselves are talking about how they beat up on the Buccaneers in the regular season, that's exactly what you want leading to the Super Bowl. It's what happened Tom last Brady's year. On your team. So, I mean, look, not really too worried about it. Um, first foremost, even with back-to-back losses, James, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are first place in the NFC South. So that's number one. Two and two, the Atlanta Falcons – out of nowhere are also two and two um, Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, both one and three. So that's where the NFC South stacks up right now. James again is not going to be here tomorrow. Tomorrow I will be doing a review of players. I'll be doing a review of coaches. So some of the stuff that we heard voicemails today, like how is Byron Leftwich doing as an offense coordinator? So like that, I will be going over a lot of that in my quarter review, but the final part of my quarter review tomorrow, James will be a quarter preview looking at the next four games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the Saints, Panthers, Falcons. You already gave me those project projections. You got the Saints going two and two, the Panthers going one and three, the Falcons going oh and four. That's right, Marcus Mariota. So that's what's gonna happen with them. Let's look at the Buccaneers now. James, yes, next weekend, Atlanta is in Tampa. Who do you got winning that game and why? Uh- uh, Tampa Bay will win that game. They are overall the better team than the Atlanta Falcons. Corderell Patterson is out, and Tom Brady's never lost to the Falcons. Uh, it's not going to happen this year either. So, Bucks win that one easily. Big news Corderell Patterson going on IR. That's probably the most dangerous weapon they had going up against the Buccaneers defense. So, not going to have to worry about that. Looking forward to having Aaron Freeman on this week for crossover Thursday. Make sure you come back and check that out. Following week, Bucks at Steelers. James, you will not have to do a post game by yourself because I will be in Pittsburgh for that one. Um, you will have to do this weekend's post game by yourself. Sorry about that. Uh, Bucks and Steelers, who wins and why? Uh, the Buccaneers are going to win that one too. They're making the switch to Kenny Pickett, which right now isn't an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky. I think he will be in the long term, but Todd Bowles is going to dial up some fun stuff for the Rook and give him a couple of welcome to the NFL moments. Good, sir. Bucks. Another easy one for them. All right. Then the uh, next game after that, Bucks at Panthers in Carolina going against Baker Mayfield. Who's winning that game and why? Uh, the Buccaneers are going to win that one too. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, given the Bucks' rush defense, concerns me a little bit. But uh, also Baker Mayfield, not who I thought he was. Uh, not good. Panthers fans don't like him. I don't think the Panthers receivers like him. Uh, another easy one for the Bucks. They win that one handily. Yeah, it's hard to not be good and also have a bad personality. 
you're gonna have a bad personality you gotta at least be great at something you know what i'm saying he's really good at beating ohio state in ohio state yeah everybody gets lucky every once in a while so in the second quarter of the season according to james all the bucks do is win 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 but what about when the baltimore ravens come to town for thursday night football which is always crazy so james what what crazy thing could happen when baltimore and future washington commanders quarterback lamar jackson visit tampa bay at the end of the second quarter i'm concerned about the run defense you're concerned about mobile quarterbacks uh, all of that meshes into a perfect storm of early MVP uh, front runner Lamar Jackson. I think the Ravens win this mm. one. Now, had the had the location been swapped and this was a game at Baltimore, I would pick the Buccaneers. Everybody talks about, oh my God, the Baltimore Ravens have won twenty three straight preseason games. Y'all, the Ravens have lost five consecutive games at home. They've lost six yeah. of their last eight home games, and their last home win came on November 28th against the Cleveland Browns. So the fact that the Bucs are home in this one, I think is actually a disadvantage. I'm going to take the Ravens to win that one. But things all can right. change. Don't hold me to that. Absolutely. To that Holding James all the receipts. The NFL is a fluid situation, and things can change. Buccaneers going three and one in the second quarter, according to James. And for anybody out there doing the math, yes, I understand that the NFL schedule no longer breaks down into clean quarters, but we're going to take it as we can get it. So three and one in the next quarter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which means at the end of the second quarter, James Yarko, Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be five and three in first place. The New Orleans Saints will be three and five in second place. Carolina Panthers will be two and six, third place. The Atlanta Falcons will go from two and two in a tie for first place to two and six all the way in the cellar where they rightly belong. That is James Yarko's second quarter projection. Come back tomorrow. I will give you mine as well and do a look back at the first four games this season. I regret nothing. The end. Um, all right. Thank you to Earl, Benny, and the optimistic mystery caller who was our third voicemail and didn't leave his name. Uh, appreciate all of you sending in your thoughts please all of you continue to do so we thank you for making locked on bucks your first listen or view every day now make your second listen to peacock and williamson nfl show brian peacock and former nfl scout matt williamson give you the expert nfl analysis in less than 30 minutes it is free and available wherever you get your podcast like i said you can send in your thoughts and questions and concerns and reactions by giving us a call at 813-444-5841 or send us an email to lockedonbuckspodcast@gmail.com. Check out David's work over at bucksgameday.com. I'm over at bucksnation.com. And of course, you can follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire those cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.